what the preacher said. To the water I was led. the name of the Lord. Just bless him on high. Lift up his holy name all over this house. We love you, Jesus, and exalt your holy name. We worship you, O Lord, because you are good and awesome and powerful and mighty. Amen. Let's take another 30 seconds and just worship the name of the Lord in this house. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous shall run into it and they are saved. Amen. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we shall remember the name of the Lord forever. Amen. This is, this is the day that the Lord hath made. Hallelujah, Jesus. We bless your name. We exalt your name. 
We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. We give you all the praise. Amen. We give you all the praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Hallelujah. That's what we want to do here today. Hallelujah. 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 By him, therefore, let us suffer this, offer the sacrifice of praise unto God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Bless the name of the Lord. Amen. How many are excited to be in the house of the Lord this evening? Bless the name of the Lord. There's no place that I'd rather be but to be in the presence of God. Amen. Beautiful, beautiful Sunday evening. I'm not used to uh, so much beauty. Uh, back where I'm from, it's all desert and sand uh, in where I live now. Phoenix area. It's not where I'm from. I'm not claiming Phoenix, but uh, it's it's where I'm living now, and it's desert and hot, hot. And so, um, you know, I get out here. It's it's pretty, uh, pretty nice, and uh, loving the weather, loving the people, uh, just loving the atmosphere. And I think God has something special for us uh, this evening. Amen. Amen. I want to go right into the word of the Lord in Philippians chapter 4. I'm going to read Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to read verse 4 through verse 7. I want to give honor to your pastor, uh, bishop here of this house, and uh, all the ministers that are here. Thank you, sir. Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through verse 7. And the Bible reads this so in the name of Jesus Christ, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. And then it says, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I want to speak to you on that simple subject. Rejoice on the in the Lord always. Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Not sometimes, not when you feel like it, uh, but always. Rejoice in the Lord always. What does it mean to rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. Father, we bless your name, and I ask that you would put the words that I uh, need to speak to this household, that I that you may put it in my mouth and my lips, that I might speak it, O oh God, in your name, through by your will, that your presence may abide here, and that your will may be done. I pray, O oh God, that you would do these things in the precious name of Jesus. And that you would do these things, O oh God, and that you would manifest yourself in this house. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated all over this building. One of the things that I have noticed uh, in, uh, you know, studying the Bible is that sometimes biblical words have different meanings, and sometimes these meanings differ than what, you know, present-day society uh, 
how present day society defines these words. Or you know, there are different tenses for different senses. And it is of utmost importance that we do due diligence on each word in Scripture to make sure that we avoid misinterpretation. And, uh, for example, I I'll give you one word, and that's the word world. When you look at the word world, just in the New Testament alone, that word world means five different things. And if you don't know which word you're reading when you're, you know, you're reading, you're just assuming that world just means one thing all the time, then you're going to misinterpret what the Bible is saying. Because world, in one instance, can mean the universe, you know, with uh, creation and order and uh, with design and order. And, you know, before the foundation of the world, that means the universe as a whole. Then at other times, it just means planet Earth. But then when you read the word world, it, it could also mean mankind. So it's not the universe or planet Earth, but mankind. For God so loved the world. He's not talking about the universe. He's not talking about planet Earth. He's talking about mankind. But then there's, a, there's, a, there's another way in which world is translated, and that is, you know, world can also mean mankind as existing at that present time. Because not mankind as a whole throughout all ages, but as is living at that present time. For he sent them out into the world. And that was mankind as was living in that present time. And if you thought you had it all, you know, down and you knew all the different definitions to world, then, then here goes one that really throws you off. That world means completely the opposite of all these things. It could also mean the world system, which is alienated from God and goes against and opposes him and his godly deeds. So this is the victory that overcomes the world, even so our faith. And so as you can see, we must be very careful how we use that word world because the word world can have so many different meanings. And in like manner, the, the one word that does not always hold to the same meaning as society would presently define it, and that has diff different meanings in the Bible, it's the word that I'm going to be talking to you about here today, and it's called joy, joy. You see, joy, for the most part, has been a word that has been classified as a feeling. That's how we see the word nowadays, you know, as a feeling. And uh, to, to be honest, the, the Bible does use the word in that sense because the Bible says that the shepherd rejoiced when he found the lost sheep. So there is a sense in which that word joy means a feeling, to feel a sense of a joy or happiness or contentment. So there is a feeling associated with that. But it's important to know that when you read the word joy, it does not always mean feeling. As a matter of fact, when Paul talks about the word, he, his main classification of the word is not a feeling. And that's what we're going to be discuss, discussing here. Because biblical joy cannot always mean a feeling, especially when Paul is talking about the word. And how do we know that? I'll tell you how we know that, because uh, feelings are defined this way, an involuntary response to a physical or a mental stimulant. That's what a feeling is, 
A feeling is an involuntary response to a physical or a mental stimulant. Now, now when you hear that word involuntary, it means that you cannot decide when to feel and how to feel. It's involuntary. What, what that means is that throw away all your Tony Robbins CDs because he's wanting to tell you that you can choose to be happy. You can't choose to be happy because happiness is a feeling and you can't choose to be sad. And when you hear that word, it means you cannot decide when and how to feel, mainly because feelings are the natural responses to a cause. Something has got to happen to make you feel a certain way. And they cannot be turned on and off at someone's discretion. You just don't, you know, you don't wake up in the morning and say, today I've made up in my mind that I'm going to to be sad all day. You don't do that. What's going to happen when mom calls and said, I, I made your favorite oxtail? You know what I'm saying? What's going to happen when she said, I, I made your favorite enchiladas or whatever it is that you eat? You know, it, it's it, you can't be sad all day. You're going to try, but you can't be sad all day. And so true feeling cannot be coerced. They cannot be manipulated. <coughs> they can only be experienced depending on the situation that caused them. And because situations change on a daily basis, sometimes on a minute-by-minute minute basis, then feelings also change along with them. Can I tell you, I have to be really honest with you. Well, I've always determined and thought that when the Bible commanded us to rejoice, that it was referring to a feeling. That's what I thought it was. And so I, I always assumed that the Christian walk should be lived without the slightest hint of sadness or ill feelings because I made it a point to preach about the joy of the Lord. And what I would do is I would equate the joy of the Lord to dancing and to singing and to feelings and to fun and to being happy. And, and honestly, you know, there is a sense in which the joy of the Lord does produce those kind of feelings, but that is not the primary sense in which the Bible uses that word joy. And since the Bible commands us to do it always in this text, you know, Paul said rejoice always, then I thought, man, naturally there are no place for ill feelings in the Christian walk because we ought to rejoice always. We ought to always be happy. We ought to always be joyful. And we ought to always feel the, the, the feeling of happiness. And basically, I reduced biblical joy to a feeling. And in our text, there's a reason why I know that biblical joy is not always a feeling. You know why? Because in our text, Paul commands the church in Philippi to rejoice. What did he mean by that? Is he talking about a sentiment or an emotion or a feeling of great delight over something or someone that brought about immense satisfaction? I don't think that's what he's talking about. That's not what he's talking about. And how do I know that? I know that because where does Paul write this letter from? 
Do you know where Paul is writing this letter from? While he's telling the church in Philippi to rejoice, he is towards the end of his life and he is calling upon the church in Philippi to rejoice while he finds himself in jail. You know, he's over in the big house calling the church in Philippi to rejoice and he's over jailed and he said my imprisonment here has had the opposite effect of its intended target because instead of being squelched the message is actually being preached and he said and it's actually prospering and all the soldiers here and everyone else that is here too found out that I am in jail because of this Messiah that's how he starts the the the, the epistle to the Philipp Philippian church he says I am in jail because of this Messiah I, now I've never been jailed personally before you know I, I went to jail once when I was a kid my dad was a pastor and he brought me with him and we had jail ministry and 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 he wanted me to learn about the system and the stuff and I don't know how they got me in there but I tell you one thing I got in there to that one service and I vowed on that day on that day I vowed that I would never ever in in my life ever set foot in a jailhouse again ever not for real not for fake and not for ministry not to pray for if you've got a son in jail don't call me don't I will I will send the word into the jailhouse because I vowed on that day I will refer you to some good ministries and I'll sit back and I'll pray for them as they go but I vowed on that day that I never listen I've never really been a jail but common sense will tell you that it's probably not the most pleasant experience when you go to jail it's probably not pleasant when you're sitting in a jailhouse with a guy named Bubba it's probably not the greatest experience of your life and yet Paul said that there is a joy that you can have while you're in a jail cell. He was saying here, rejoice in the, I'm in jail, but you rejoice in the Lord always. And I have joy even while I'm in a jail cell. It would seem fair to say that the joy that Paul is talking about is not a feeling. You don't feel happy eating cold bread and drinking hot water in a jailhouse somewhere. So when Paul talks about joy in this context he's not referring to the feeling of joyfulness and another way that I can tell that he's not talking about joy is because he commands them to be joyful always and well if feelings are involuntary responses to physical or mental stimulants that is a physical or mental circumstance or something has to cause these feelings then Listen, what happens when your feelings do not produce the feeling of joy for you? What happens when your stimulant does not produce the feeling of joy for you? What happens when that physical or mental stimulant, it produces fear in you? You know, you can't, it, logic would, would tell you that if it means, if this is a feeling and he says rejoice in the Lord always, then what's going to happen at three o'clock in the morning and you hear steps downstairs, you know, and, and, and you're thinking, man, that's just a dream. But then your wife wakes up and says, I heard steps and she can confirms what you just heard do you think that you're you know you're gonna get up and and put your slippers on and and go downstairs and you're just in your chirpy and you're cheerful and you're and you're joyful and 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 here you are going down the stairs well i know you're here but i love you and we made some cookies 
don't think that's what you're going to feel at that point. I'll tell you exactly what you need to what you need to do. First of all, is send your wife to go check out what's going on. You tell her, I got a ministry of intercession, girl, and you you go and I pray. Amen. And, and that's what you need to do. But secondly, that's not going to produce the feeling of joyfulness. You know, what happens when someone calls you and said, you know, Uncle so-and-so passed away. There's no way you can sit on that phone and, and, and say, well, I, I need to rejoice in the Lord. Always grief is going to be a part of your experience as a human. And sadness will be a part of your experience as a human. And so those are stimulants that do not produce the feeling of joy for you and yet Paul commands the church to rejoice but to do it always so obviously the joy that Paul is talking about is not a feeling because feelings are dependent on circumstances and not all circumstances will produce that feeling of joyfulness for you so it is not a feeling that joy that Paul is talking about and in that same thought process you know what James does James supports Paul's view on the word joy because he also says count it all joy when you are faced with diverse trials knowing that the trials of your faith produces patience it produces patience in you it works your character so count it all joy and so if that word all includes things that won't make me feel so joyful like foreclosure and unemployment and divorce and illness and sickness if that word joy or all means you know trials and tribulations and if that word that uh, that 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 feeling uh, that that it's going to produce then James is definitely not referring to the feeling of joy when he says all and if the word trial still means tribulation and affliction then James is probably not referring to the feeling of joyfulness you don't feel joy when you go through trials and and affliction and vicissitudes and problems you don't feel joy and so it would seem like the joy that Paul and James are talking about is a joy that is not dependent on circumstances that is not dependent on the things that happen to you the stimulants mental and physical stimulants it is not dependent on those things and so these this is something that I must understand that the joy that Paul is telling that you can have is a joy that transcends all circumstances that goes beyond whatever it is that you're feeling it is a joy that you can have whether you are happy or sad whether you are feeling shameful or whether you have fear it is a joy that you can have whether your soul is at rest or whether you're weary or whatever it is that you're feeling at the moment there is still an underlying factor that you can have and it is called joy amen and there's another reason that I know that biblical joy is not a feeling and that is because Paul calls it as part of the fruit of the spirit he said that the fruit of the spirit is love and then the very second one is joy and then peace and then long-suffering and so you see here that 
Paul is saying there is something here that you can have and it's part of what the spirit produces in you. Now let me just tell you this. You can't work on the fruit of the spirit because it is not your fruit to begin with. It is the spirit's fruit. I've heard many people say let's work on the fruit of the spirit. Let's work on love and let's work on you can't do it. You only reveal the fruit of the spirit because it is not yours to begin with. It is the spirit. So do you know what that means? If you need love, if you need joy, if you need peace, if you need long suffering, then what you really need is the spirit. You need to go get the spirit because this is what the spirit will produce in your life. Amen. Now, there's a dead giveaway here when Paul calls this thing joy, when he says it is part of what characterizes the fruit of the Spirit, part of what makes up the fruit of the Spirit. He says it is joy. Now, there's a dead giveaway that it is not a feeling. And the dead giveaway is that there's also another word that characterizes the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know what that word is? It's called long-suffering. Well... Now we have a dichotomy because if joy is a feeling, then why do I need long suffering? The spirit anticipates that we are going to go through some things in life, that you're going to go through some things that will cause you to suffer. and will not just cause you to suffer, it will cause you to suffer a long time. And those things that make you suffer will affect your emotions. And however, he says, there is joy that you can have as well through the long suffering. You're going to go through some things you can't pray off yourself. You're going to go through some things you can't cry to the Lord and have them remove it. Because he says, I've given you long suffering for a reason. Because you're going to have to go through some affliction. You're going to have to go through some trouble trials in this life you're gonna have to go through some pain and that's why I've given you a long suffering that you may endure through this process I've given you a long suffering that you may stand throughout this process and those things that are causing you to suffer a long time will not make you peaceful and joyful or will not give you the uh, joy the feeling of joyfulness that you're looking for so that's how we know that joy Joy is not a feeling because you're going to have to suffer a long time. And so the question now is, what could Paul possibly be referring to when he uses that word joy if it's not a feeling? I mean, if it's not a feeling, then what is it? And second of all, what is its source? Because if it's not produced by mental and physical stimulants, then what is sourcing a Christian man's joy? a Christian woman's joy what is the source of that joy if it's not circumstances and I'm telling you you don't have to go too far in the text to figure out what he means by you know joy and where the source of that joy comes from you see it says rejoice and here is your answer this is the source of your joy it is not problems it's not situations it is not you know things it is not mental and physical stimulus 
silence, he said, rejoice. And here we go, in the Lord. Amen. Rejoice in what? In the Lord. Amen. In other words, Paul was saying, Christian joy, it is not produced by, it is not based on, it is not sourced by your circumstances. That's not what Christian joy is all about. But Christian joy is based on a relationship. Rejoice in what, Paul? Rejoice in the Lord. Amen. Rejoice in the foundation of your joy. And that is in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And if you rejoice in the Lord, then you can do that always. And rejoice not in whether you got a promotion or not, because your joy would be temporary. Not in whether you received good news or not, because then tomorrow you'll receive bad news, and then there went your joy. So he's saying, no, that's not what I want you to rejoice in. I don't want you to rejoice on whether your house sold for top dollar, because you may have the money, but tomorrow here comes an illness, and there went all the money, and there went your joy. So I'm saying that's not what you rejoice on. It's not mental and physical stimulants. The only way that you can rejoice always, it's if you rejoice in a foundation that goes beyond circumstances. If you rejoice in a foundation that goes beyond everything that is around you, and so rejoice in the Lord. Amen. If you rejoice in the Lord, then I tell you something, you can rejoice always. My God, do you know why? Because your joy will not be circumstantial. Your joy will not be temporal. Your joy will not just be flimsy because circumstances are temporal and circumstances causes feelings. And guess what? In turn, those circumstances are also temporal and feelings are temporal and they're volatile and they're subject to change at any moment. Amen. Today I'd have joy. Tomorrow I'd lose my joy. Today I'd get paid, I got joy. Tomorrow I pay bills, I lose my joy. Today I've got health, I've got joy. Tomorrow I lose my health, there went my joy. He's saying, no, that's not what I want you to base your joy on. I don't want you to base your joy on these circumstances. Oh, but thank God, thank God, Paul, that my joy is not based on circumstances. Thank God that our joy is not based on mental or physical stimulants. Thank God that our joy is not based on the stock market. It's not based on any political candidate. It's not based on what the laws are going to be like. It's not based on whether they're going to pass this homosexual law or not. It's not based on any of these things. Thank God that our joy is based upon a God who is eternal because he is founded upon principles that are eternal. And so my joy does not change because it is based on a God who does not change with circumstances in whom there is no shadow of turning, who is immutable, unchanging, and he is not flimsy, but he is the rock of ages. Amen. And because my joy is based on that God, 
God, then my joy never changes. My joy is also immutable. My joy, there is no shadow of turning in it. But my joy is the same yesterday, today, and forever because it is founded upon a God who is the same yesterday, the same today, and the same forever. Amen. I'm telling you, circumstances can't affect this joy. I'm telling you something. That's why the devil is so confused tonight as he looks at you lifting up your hands and shouting aloud and singing your song. The devil is confused out of his mind. He said, we sent them everything, every trial, every affliction, every trouble, and look at the way they still sing. Look at the way they still rejoice. We don't understand it. I tell you, I understand it. You know what it is? That there is no mental or physical stimulant that is sourcing my joy. It is based on something that goes beyond anything that can happen to me. It is based upon a God who is immutable. That is the source of my joy. God have mercy. And when you've got this joy, baby, I'm telling you, you can look at the afflictions of life and say, come on and bring it. Amen. You can look at tomorrow and say, come on and bring it. I can wake up to tomorrow and I know everything's going to be all right. I know it's going to be all right because it is based on a God who does not change. When you've got this kind of joy, anything that comes your way. Uh, you can look at it in the face uh, and said, bring everything you've got. Uh, but guess what? I'm going to sleep. Amen. Uh, I'm not losing any sleep over this trial. Uh, I'm not losing any sleep uh, over this circumstance. Uh, I'm not losing any sleep uh, over these things that are happening. Uh, I've got joy uh, unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, I've got a joy that does not change. Uh, it is a peace that passes all understanding. Oh God, it is a joy. Let me tell you, if it's not something you feel, uh, then what is it? I want you to know what it is. Paul's joy is not a feeling, but you know what it is? It is a knowledge. Amen. It is a confidence. It's a persuasion. It is a conviction. It is a certainty. That's what Paul's joy is. And as a songwriter would have it, it is a blessed assurance that Jesus is mine. Amen. And when you've got that blessed assurance, baby, uh, nothing could ever stop you. Uh, the greatest joy uh, that will ever emanate your soul uh, is that um, a friend laid down his life for another. That's the greatest joy. Amen. Uh, when you look at Calvary and you think Jesus is for me uh, and nothing shall separate me uh, from the love uh, of Jesus Christ, uh, that is the greatest joy uh, you can walk securely. 
secure in that joy. Baby, I am not afraid of those who can only harm the body. I'm just afraid of he who can harm the body and the soul. But nothing else can make me afraid because nothing can separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can separate me. No, no, not hunger. No, it cannot. Not the sword. It cannot separate me from the love of God. And when you've got that kind of joy and that kind of conviction that Jesus is for me and that my relationship with Jesus, it comforts my pains. It restores my soul. It refreshes my weary body. It rejoices my bones. When you've got that kind of joy, you can look at every trouble in the eye and said, I'm going to make it. Amen. I'm going to make it. As long as I've got King Jesus, I don't need nobody else. As long as he's on my side, if God be for me, then whom can be against me? And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can stand on that one thing. You can look at illness in the face and say it's still going to be all right. Oh, it's going to be all right. Yes, 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 yes. Because though the body is decaying day by day, but my spirit is being edified. My spirit is being edified by the power of God. My God, biblical joy is a knowledge that after all that you've been through, you still have joy. Biblical joy is a knowledge that after all that life throws your way, that you, he is still all that you need. It is a knowledge that after all that you've been through, it is still well with your soul. That after all that you had the adversity and the trial and the affliction and the thorns and the storms and the problems and vicissitudes and the waves of life that he is still everything that you need that silver and gold you don't have but such as you have there is something greater that you do have and that is Jesus Jesus is what I have he is the source of my joy. Amen. Uh, that's why you see Christians. Uh, my God, you see Christians uh, and they've got, they're at peace with circumstances in their life. Not everybody's got that privilege, you know. Uh, that's why Paul said, this joy is a peace that passeth understanding. Uh, it is a peace that passeth understanding uh, because all your family and friends, uh, they're looking over at you and they're going, look, uh, all your unbelieving family and friends, uh, you mean to tell me you went through what? and you step look at you you've gained weight through the process look at you you didn't lose your mind look at you you didn't get in the crazy house look at you you didn't commit suicide I would have died a long time ago I would have given up a long time ago I would have lost my mind a long time ago I would have cussed and kicked I would have killed and shot I would have done all sorts of stuff I would have 
to get locked, got locked up a long time ago. But you mean to tell me you went through the worst trial of your life. Oh, and you still got a peace. Let me tell you, it passes my understanding. It is a joy that will testify. Amen. It was a joy that will evangelize. It is a joy that will talk about the goodness of God. That after everything that life has thrown your way, my God, can I tell you sometimes you're going to cry. It's part of life. It's just evidence that you are a human and that you have feelings. You're going to cry, but devil, don't you confuse my tears with desperation, baby. Don't you confuse these tears as though I'm down and out. Don't you confuse these tears as though I have forgotten where my help comes from. For I will look towards the hills from where my help comes from. My help is in the name of the Lord. God have mercy. Don't you confuse these tears, devil, as though I don't know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and that the righteous shall run into it and they are saved. Amen. Don't you confuse these tears as if I didn't know that patiently I waited upon the Lord and he heard my cry. He inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He picked me up out of the miry clay. He set my feet on a rock. To, can I tell you, uh, you can be in a pit and have joy. Uh, and the reason why uh, is because this joy is not based on flimsy circumstances. Uh, you come back on Sunday uh, after losing your house on Saturday uh, and you're still singing freedom. Uh, freedom. Amen. Uh, freedom. Uh, freedom. Uh, and the people outside, they're going, this guy's crazy. He just lost his house. He lost his money. He lost his business. But things, 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 those are not the source of our joy. Things, that's not what makes me happy. Things, I've got treasure that I've laid up, not on this earth, not where wrath and moth and rust corrupt and where thief break in and fields and steal. No, I've got treasures that I've laid up in heaven. I've got treasures that are eternal. They are based upon a God who is eternal. have mercy. Sometimes you got to turn on the light at 3 o'clock in the morning as you're crying yourself to sleep. Can't even sleep because the trials of life. But you turn on that little lamp and pull your Bible out. Amen. You go down to Romans 8 and you tell yourself, my God, it is all working out for my good to them who are called of God and to them who love the Lord. It is working out for my good. It's all working out for my good. Sometimes you got to get your Bible out and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Sometimes you got to get your little Bible out and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Sometimes you got to get your Bible out and begin to read. My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. 
glory. You've got to read the promises of God. You've got to read. You've got to read. He loves you beyond imagination. You've got to read that God has given himself for you. And that is the source of your joy. Can I tell you something? Let, let, let me just say this. That that I, I went through one of the worst trials of my life, the worst trial of my life, just last year. Last year I went through the worst trial of my life. And I lost 30 pounds in 30 days. 30 pounds in 30 days. I, I grieved hard. And I, I didn't I didn't know. I mean, I I was I was lost out of my mind. I didn't know what to do. After those 30 days where I wept every single day, I remember getting on my knees and asking the Lord, why? The Lord spoke to me, gave me an answer, and this was it. Do you think what you're going through caught me by surprise because it's though as though I thought you know that God was over in his throne and when this happened to me that he went <gasps> I didn't know that was going to happen to you Gabriel child why didn't you tell me got to get up on these things because I didn't I didn't uh, uh, my bad he said it didn't catch me by surprise I know the end from the beginning. I knew what course your life would take. I knew what direction it was going to take. And I knew absolutely everything that was going to happen. Not only did I know, but this is something that absolutely blew my mind. See, if you believe that God is a sovereign God, then you've got to believe this. And this is it. He said, everything that has ever happened to you I either caused it or allowed it. And if he knows everything, he either caused it or allowed it for your good and for my glory. That was it. And when I heard that, when he spoke to me and I heard that, I wiped my last tear. And I got up, and I squared up my shoulders, and I said, Lord, it hurts, but as long as I know that you know, and your daddy, and daddy's not going to leave me nor forsake me. And I walked out of there, and I said, you either caused it or allowed it. Boy, I'm going to tell you what. I looked at my trial, and I said, this is the last sleepless night. I'm going to sleep. Amen. Because God has got it all under control. He's got it all under control. I'm telling you, after that day, I'd get phone calls that still wanted, you know, that still wanted to get me back in the muck. And I was going, uh-uh, I'm not going there. God's got it all under control. Amen. My spirit is right. My heart is right. I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. But I fear no evil because thou art with me. 
And if you are with me, my God, I can make it. If you are with me, if your presence goes with me, then I can be a victor. Then I can conquer things. I'm going to have joy no matter what comes my way. It's a peace. It's a peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that not everybody can have. You ought to feel privileged in this house tonight. You ought to feel blessed in this house today that the Gentiles and unbelievers that don't know the Lord, they walk around in desperation, but we have no trouble for our tomorrow. We don't worry about what's going to happen tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own anxiety and its own trouble. We worry about today and that God promised that he would give us enough and that he would be enough and that his presence would come with us and that's enough for me. That's all that I need and in this trial I'm going to see the Lord. In this trial I've learned to love him. In this trial I've learned to walk with him. In this trial I've learned that he sticketh closer than a brother. I've learned in this trial that he gives you a peace that passeth understanding. I've learned in this trial that he guards your heart and your mind. I've learned in this trial that he will be a comfort. I learned in this trial that he is a shepherd and I shall not want. I learned in this trial that he leads me to still waters. I've learned through it all. Lift your hands all over this building, if you will. And lift your voice all over this building. Oh, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Some of you, you got to praise your way out of this trial. Some of you, some of you, you came into the house of God today. Uh, trouble on each side. Uh, you came troubled and in despair. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that the Lord brought me here to tell you. Ah, uh, oh, you've got to put your hope in the Lord. Uh, you've got to put your faith uh, in the Lord. Uh, they that wait upon the Lord, uh, they shall renew their strength. Uh, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Uh, they shall run and not go weary. Uh, they shall walk and not faint. Uh, you've got to wait upon the Lord. Uh, 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 someone in here, uh, you are troubled. Uh, you are. You have been molested. Uh, you have been afflicted. Uh, you have. You're in the trial of your life even now. Uh, but listen, uh, listen. Uh, this is not a preacher uh, that hasn't been through hell and back. I've been through hell. I've been through high waters. But I'm here to testify to somebody. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm here to testify to somebody. He'll be a help to you if you'll just put it in his hands. If you will cast your cares upon him, he will care for you. We don't have a high priest.
priest. We don't have a high priest who is not aware of what you're going through. No! He knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what your infirmity is. He knows exactly what your temptation is. Oh, but because he suffered and he was tempted, oh, he is able to succor those who are tempted. He is able to bring you out. He is able to give you a peace. He's able to give you a comfort. You hold on to this word. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, tonight, I want us to sing that song, Freedom. Amen. Because this is what we rejoice in, devil. I'm telling you, we don't rejoice on circumstances. It's not those things that happen to us that make us joyful. It's what's in us. It's what's in us. Hallelujah. It's what's in us. This is what brings me joy. There is a peace. There is a peace in knowing uh, that he's got it un all under control. Uh, there is a peace in knowing uh, that he knows everything I need. Uh, that he knows what I have need of before I even ask it. Uh, there is a peace in knowing that. Hay una paz que pasa todo entendimiento al saber que Dios lo tiene todo bajo control. Que yo puedo confiar en su palabra. Que yo puedo confiar en él y en sus promesas. Y hay una paz que viene sobre ti cuando tú sabes esto. Cuando tú puedes confiar. Aleluya. Pacientemente esperé a Jehová y él se inclinó a mí y escuchó mi clamor y me hizo sacar del lodo cenagoso del lodo de la desesperación puso mis pies sobre la peña y enderezó mis pasos y puso luego un cántico en mi boca gloria a Dios un cántico nuevo this is what we know we know that he'll put a new song in your mouth we know that he'll put a song of acclamation a song in your lips sing to him sing oh baron sing oh baron you that are facing trial you sing this is what our joy is based on a relationship This altar is open here tonight. Amen. This altar is open. Oh, let's rejoice. Freedom. No more shame, no more bondage. I am free. 
Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. No more chains, no more bondage. I am free. No more shackles, no more shackles, no more chains, no more bondage. I am free. Glory to God, He set me 